This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to 1,000 Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. We are so excited to now have Mobility Movement as a partner. Their holistic approach to recovery is second to none. This is not just a program that helps with your flexibility and mobility. It also assists with stress release and sleep, two key factors in overall recovery. The website gives you a plan for, for each week, saves your favorites, gives you sleep protocols, has a specific protocol for your first week joining, and then there are these new things called open snacks, which are super cool. Here you are given quick warm-ups and cool-down protocols for the open wads, featuring elite athletes Allison Scuds and Saxon Panchik. And who doesn't need recovery after those open workouts? The extensive library available to you is both vast and diverse. If you want to try Mobility Movement, go to mobilitymovement.com. That is mobilitymnt.com. And make sure you use our code CLYDESDALE20, all caps, to get 20% off your first six months. That's mobilitymovement.com, mobilitymnt.com. Use code CLYDESDALE20 to get 20% off your first six months. I've been using this since the first of the year, and I am sleeping better than I have in so many years. And with all the back issues I've had over the last five years, this has given me so much relief, and I'm able to work out four to five times a week without any pain at all. So go to mobilitymovement.com, that's mobilitymnt.com, and use Clydesdale 20 to get 20% off your first six-month subscription. Well, everybody, we are here with James Townsend, um, coach, athlete, former NFLer, former All-American in two sports, and we are here to get to know him today. And uh, I'm just going to start by saying I have my band here. So I'm going to do curls while we're talking to try to get my arms as big as yours by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, so, so that I can, I can be in your league, but uh, I'm just so glad to have you on here, James. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to start with kind of growing up, right? You grew up in Jersey. Right. Um, and you were, you were a really good football player. You started at the age of four, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. what is it like growing up where you did and being a football star, breaking records and all that? Well, I'm, a, I'm originally from the South Bronx, uh, Webster Avenue, 168th Street. Um, then moved to Jersey until I was about around the age of 10. And then um, from there, you know, being in the South Bronx uh, in the projects, there's really no exposure to, to, uh, to football. 
and everything. We might have, you know, street football, you know, which which I'm I'm pretty sure everybody played when they were growing up. But um, and I moved out of the projects into the suburbs of uh, South Jersey. Then more options were available, right? Um, you you had your little league clubs and everything, and and um, you know, me me being exposed to football was was through my older brothers at a young age. You know, and and um, my mom, she didn't really want me to get into organized football. So, so me being at four, four years old, you know, living in the Bronx, and and playing street football, you know, I was playing with nine, ten year olds, right? And and um, and I was, believe it or not, I was four years old and the fastest of nine, ten year olds, right? You know, my 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 brothers, I got two older brothers. They would bet money on me to race their friends, and they would win money. <laughs> you know, and so and so and that and, and that's how that you know the evolution of of my football career just started. You know, I was always fashioning everybody and and very much you know naturally gifted. And then one day, you know, I just I got into organized football, and you know, it, it it's it, it's funny when you're fast. All you have to do is just pitch the guy the ball and let him run to the outside and then that's it <laughs> you know yeah. that was just that was just kind of my thing you know it was like pitch me the ball and I'll do the rest so you learned about the business side of football at four with your brothers being agents did they give you a cut of any of that money oh no of course not <laughs> yeah of course not T- typical agent right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so so you get to high school um, and in your junior year, you're all American in football. And I think you were a three time all American in track. Yes. Yep. So now because you're an all American, you're kind of getting some eyes on you. What's happening then? The colleges are coming. What is that experience like? Um, so, so I went to a Catholic high school in uh, South Jersey, Holy Cross, Holy Cross high school. We were ranked in the nation. Um, we were, you know, I tell everybody my high school was far from being a Catholic high school, you know, <laughs> we were like the, we, you know, I'll tell you everybody, my high school was like varsity blues. We were just like that. It was, it, you know, Friday night lights, when the lights come on, you know, everybody is there and, and it's, it's just revolved around football. And if anybody know about, you know, private high school football, you, you know, that, that is real football, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, the the realness of what college would be like happened for me earlier because my high school coach came from a college football background. So he ran everything like like it was college football. And so by me being um, me being a, a star wide receiver, perks came along with that. You know, didn't have to go to school, didn't really have to do my work, you know, um, I was allowed to skip out of school. You know, I was I was allowed these these things because of who I was as a football player. You know, and and that limelight came to me at an early age, not only just in Little League, but really it hit the head when I got to um, playing in high school. So I I found uh, an article you did for the Morning Chalk Up uh-huh. um, called it was a letter to your to your seventeen year old self. So you were afforded some opportunities because people made sacrifices for you to go to that Catholic school, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
did you feel pressure to not let those people down or were you too young to understand the moment? Um, I was, I, I would say I was too young to understand the moment. Um, you know, it was just, football was just my thing. You know, it was just, you know, growing up, it was just all about, you know, getting out of the area that I was at, uh, making it to the NFL, being able to provide for others. You know, when you, when you hear that, you don't, you don't look at the whole spectrum of it. You just, you just look at, oh, I'm playing football. And, you know, I'll, at the time, well, well, I'm still am, you know, I'm a Michigan fan. So oh. <laughs> I grew up a Michigan fan, you know, Desmond Howard, Tembi Akabatuka, yeah. Chris Howard, Charles Woodson. That was, you know, they were my jam and that blue and yellow and those stripes that, that just was my jam. But you know, I'll then, still support you, but I am a I'm a Buckeye fan, big time. But okay, see, you know, yeah, I remember, you know, I remember, you know, Tim Biakabatuka and what he did to the you know, the the Buckeyes and Charles Woodson, what he did to the Buckeyes. <laughs> you know, I, I hear you. I hear you. But it's just it's it's like you know you don't at that age you you really don't understand because you know you you don't have the understanding just yet. It's just it's it's how your elders are presenting it to you. And how they were presented to me was just just one chapter, football, you know. And and then you know they then present the other side of the chapter to me, the next chapter, which is when you do good in football, comes you know the vultures, the leeches, you know the girls, the partying. You know they then put that all together. It was just like, all right, this is football. Oh, this is what football is about. Okay, so you know that's how. Everything was just presented to me. So besides it being, you know, like you were naturally good at it and this was kind of your ticket to move through, did it, like, was it really a passion of yours or did you just feel this is something I, I'm good at? This is a role I need to fill. It was, it, it was a passion of mine because, because of the, the, the natural talent that, that I possess of, of doing it, you know, around that time, you know, being, you know, growing up in the projects or growing up in a lower income area, you only have three ways of coming out, whether it's sports, music, or the drug game, right? So sports, you know, my, my older brothers, you know, they kept me somewhat shielded. They made sure I didn't do what they were doing. You know, they made sure that a football was always in my hand or or I was in at a, at, I was in a house at the right time or... You know, when it was time to do something, you know, I, I made sure that, I mean, they made sure that I had to fall in line and listen. You know, um, I wasn't allowed to do, you know, a lot of the, the mm. stuff that they were doing. And, mm. and at that time, I felt like, like, oh, man, how come I can't do this? Like, you know, why I got to be in Little League? Why I got to go to practice? You know, people are going here and mm. I didn't understand my journey or I didn't understand my calling at the time. So. I just follow what I was being told. Mm -hmm. So it was to just focus on football. Um, you know, they they did say focus on school, but then again, it was like, I really didn't have to focus on school because I had teachers who loved football and they was gonna make sure that my grades was gonna be good enough to be eligible to play, mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. So in that letter, you, you talk about an incident that happened when you were in high school. Um, and we don't have to talk about it. If you want to, we, we can go there. Um, but in that, you also then faced 
some racism, some bigotry at the school that you were going to uh, because of what happened. Um, so even though you're going to this private school, you're facing all, some of the same issues that you are in the real world, that you would have in the real world. Right. How, but you had people in your life that told you to keep your head up and keep moving. Mm-hmm. How important were those people? They, they were important to a certain degree. Um, me, me going through, you know, getting a, a white girl pregnant at 17 when I was a junior. I, I didn't know that at that time people felt otherwise, you know, because all the accolades that I was getting or the praise that I was getting, right? Until I crossed that line, which was laying down with somebody that has a different complexion than me, that was a no-no. So, so there I was like, oh, why, why everybody bugging against me? Why everybody wanna, you know, hurt me? Why they wanna kick me out of, out of school? Why they wanna, you know, I had, had some parents talk about, you know, I should be hanged and, and, and all this that, you know, in a Catholic high school, this is not allowed, you know, but the powers to be wasn't gonna let that happen because why I was putting, I was putting butts in their seats. You know, I was bringing attention to the high school. Right. But but those who told me to stay focused only told me to stay focused for their own um, their only personal game, which yeah. was football, right, which yeah. was football. Hey, don't worry about, you know, um, don't worry about your daughter, this and that. You know, you, you focus on this. You know, you're going to you're going to be able to take care of her and in the long run. And I'm like, I'm like, no, like I knew what it felt like not having my father around and not having that male dominant figure in my life to keep me straight. You know, if I'd have had that male dominant figure in my life, my my oldest daughter wouldn't be here. But me being 17, if I'm old enough to lay down with a woman and, and, and not use protection, then I'm old enough to step up to the plate and be a father. But I was being ridiculed for making that decision, right? I was being ridiculed for not not really wanting to focus on football and focus on my future and focus on making possibly millions of dollars instead of, hey, here's a little girl that needs their father. You know, let's break the stigma of of what people's idea is about black fathers and not being in the household. I wanted to break that. I wanted to right the wrong that my father did to me. So I had the opportunity to do that to um to to my oldest daughter now. But people were, were still staring me in the wrong direction, you know, ultimately. It's like no matter what decision you would have made, though, there was no winning in that situation. No, right? no, at no, at, not, not at all. It was, you don't know, you, you don't know the, the talent that you have. And, you know, we could we could have this house, we could have this cars, you know, even if you have to pay child support, you could write it off with one check and this and that. And it's like, you don't you don't understand what I felt when. I had the broken promises, you know, um, said to me when I would sit outside and he wanted to show up. You know, I don't, I, I don't want my daughter to experience those same type of feelings because those feelings hurt and those feelings carry over into my adulthood. Some some days I still have those feelings, you know, because we, we because I still those that hurt it, it, for a kid is like a different kind of hurt, especially especially when you look up to a parent and you take their word as is and they don't follow through 
that's that's a different kind of hurt. So so I made the decision to where I wanted to stay around, but I had those who were close to me and those who quote unquote, you know, had my best interests, they didn't see it that way. So in the letter, um, and actually in some research I saw, you were recruited by all the big names. Yeah. Right. When this happened, you tried to negotiate that your daughter and your girlfriend at the time would have housing. And with that, you lost some opportunities to play football. So how did you come to pick Iowa as, as your school of choice uh, coming out of high school? I had a good visit. I had a good visit. Um, yeah, like, like I said, you know, I, 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 when I look back, <clears throat> when I look back on my journey, I feel like I was a stallion just just running in a field, just running, no direction, no no guidance, no nothing, no rider, just running, right? Um, I should have never chose a Big Ten during that time, me being a fast wide receiver. I should have went to either Miami, who I was being recruited by, or Texas Tech, who throws the ball, you know, 100 times a game, right? But yeah. I went off of the desires and 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 the 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 lustful nature that that came with football you know i had i, I had a good visit and i went with that and that's not a, a a very good decision to make you know just just going off of that for for trying to make it to the nfl you know just just looking back at that decision you could tell i was i was very misguided on the, yeah. the decisions that I made. But I think at the same time, I mean, but you were 18 when you made that decision, right? Right. Right. But now, of course, you know, with a more mature, more adult brain, you can look at things, you know, hindsight and be like, okay, maybe that wasn't the right choice. But as an 18 year old, you made the best choice that you could for you and your family at that time. Right. So you, you've mentioned a few times that you were fast. Um, you were state champion in the hundred meters in New Jersey. So yeah, a little bit fast. Um, and your 40 time was four, three, four, three flat, four, three flat, yeah. man. Mm. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that is crazy. So, so you go to Iowa and you play for two, you actually play as a freshman, you play for two years and then you transfer to Rutgers. So why the transfer and was that a better fit to go back to Jersey to Rutgers and you no, were on a winning uh, team there too. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I had got, I had got suspended. Oh, I, I, I let a girl write my paper and, um, the class, the rhetoric class that I was in at the time, the, the teacher, she, she was very biased against football players. And it, and it was one of them classes where, you know, it was like two regular students and it was all football players. And she thought me and another player uh, cheated off each other, which we didn't because a girl wrote his paper and a girl wrote my paper. And the the um, they pulled the guy into the into the office and they asked him, and he ended up telling on me. And you know, I uh, at that time when I was in the office, when they were questioning me, um, I refused to give up the girl name or or I refused to to give up the guy, but. They wanted me to apologize in a way that I felt was very racially motivated. You know, they wanted me to apologize 
to the teacher, right? To, to, to the teacher for quote unquote plagiarizing and, and, and admitting that I, that, that I did it. But I felt like, you know, one, I, I didn't plagiarize because the girl wrote my paper and then, and then two, their, their tone was just a little bit off. And they were like, if you do this, we'll waive your suspension and you could, you know, stay in school. I was like, I didn't, you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do it or whatever. You, you, y'all saying that so-and-so said that a girl wrote my paper, then it is what it is. But I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead and make that decision. And so I had to serve a, a year suspension um, and serve that red shirt year. And so by me sitting out that, that year with those two months in the summer, I felt lost. I felt like I needed, I needed to be into something. I felt like I didn't know what was going on. My identity was football. So, so me not having football there and me um, having it, you know, ripped away off of, you know, the, the decision that I made for not going ahead and doing my own work. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anybody to talk to. It was like, it was like when that was going on, it was like nobody was in my corner. Uh-oh, we lost you. James? Uh. Can you text him or? I bet he's leaving and coming back. Oh, he's here. We were doing so good. Yeah. Lost <laughs> you there for a minute. That was, that was my son. He, oh man. So he hit the, uh, the power cord. <laughs> he, hit the, he, he hit the power cord. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry about so that. He said he's, he's done with this conversation. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so you were saying that um, that during the suspension there was nobody in your corner, and that's yeah, where it no, cut there, off. There was, yeah, there, there there were nobody in my corner, nobody to you know to uh, to say all right, you know this little hiccup or whatever, or or anybody there to basically really you know motivate me or or, or give me some guidance. You know, or every every decision was just made on my own. Given even if I was a 19, 20 year old at the time, there's you know, that 19, 20 year old still needs guidance. Yeah. You know, you you, you have a kid at 17, junior in high school, you get suspended, like, all right, you know, something is let's let's sit down and talk, you know, let's 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 have some guidance. 
you know, let's let's go ahead and try to right these wrongs and, and make them right, so you don't go ahead and go back and make that same mistake. Nothing. And so that's when I went ahead and made the decision to come home to Jersey, go to Rutgers, and rest is history. So you won a, I think you won a Big Ten championship at Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we tied uh, Michigan. We beat we we whooped. I had a great game against Ohio State that year. We whooped them. <laughs> <laughs> freshman yeah, freshman year, we went to the horseshoe. We lost. That that it was like Ohio State and Penn State probably were the loudest stadiums I ever been in. Penn State, <laughs> Amy, you're on mute. Yeah, I realized that after. Sorry. <laughs> Ohio State is loud. Ohio State is loud, and that's when uh, Jenkins and and um, Claret was out. He he had to yep. sit out his suspension. And Gamble, Gamble was there. Chris Gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. In my sophomore year, we went up to because we beat Michigan that year. My freshman year, sophomore year, we went up to Michigan, and Braylon Edwards just went off on us. And but but we ended up um, sharing the Big Ten with Michigan. And that's when Michigan went to the Rose Bowl and played Texas. And that's when Texas beat them. And then ultimately the next year. Texas beat um, USC. Yeah, USC. Yeah. 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 So you finished your college career and then you are a free agent signee by the greatest franchise in the history of the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, Chicago Bears. Charlotte Panthers. (laughs) what What is the process of being a free agent signee uh, coming out of college? Um, the process is you you as soon as you don't get drafted, your 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 phone just start ringing off the hook because they're trying to fill up the rosters to go into minicamp, right? Uh rookie minicamp. And and um and then once you do that, then you have like a week or two off and then you go in for OTAs. OTAs is like you could come, but you you don't have to come. You know, it's 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 voluntary, as they say. But we all know what voluntary in college or NFL means. Like you should show up, right? And then you so so you're there for like a good two or three weeks, and then you have another break, and then you're there for a second OTAs, and then you have a week off, and then you report to training camp. But um, at that time, before reporting to OTAs, Lovey Smith wanted to offer me uh, a contract a spot on the team. And during that time, I was I was in no condition to be an NFL player because four months prior, uh, with 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 so much pressure and, and, and stuff that was going on in my life, I tried to take my own life because the the, the pressure was just so thick. You know, I, I started to to have an awakening of you know, I'm playing football, not for myself, but for others. And, and, and as I was getting ready for, for the pro day and the combine and stuff, my phone was just ringing off of people asking me, yo, let me hold 20 stacks. And like people that I've never even talked talk to in years or people that never even, you know, even by me coming home to Jersey, people that never even drove up the turnpike to come to a game or anything, you know, people that never even saw me play in high school and just say, oh yeah, I watched you play or I have this news clipping. Is this, 
they were just coming out of the woodworks. And me, me having a heart to care for people, I would, I would, I would take that serious. But, but the the pressure just got so thick, man. And 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 I tried to, you know, commit suicide. And and I can remember being admitted into a, a, a mental hospital for two weeks, to where even those that 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 had to be in that in in that situation. In, in, in that mental hospital, it was like it was like they were it was like they were my angels because they would come out of whatever trance that they were in and look at me and be like, "You don't belong here." You know, they would they would literally say, "You you don't what are you doing here? You don't belong here, right?" And and I could and I remember that vividly. Like they would always say that to me. And then even coming out of the mental hospital and walking away from the from from the Chicago Bears contract, still nobody wanted to understand why I made that decision to walk away. You know, nobody, nobody, everybody, when I came home, everybody was saying, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you here? You should be on somebody's team. You should be in somebody's camp. Not realizing that the reason why I walked away is because in order for me to be a better man, I need to be better mentally. For me to be a better father, I need to be better mentally. A future husband, I need to be better. A, a friend, a brother, a son, I need to get get better. But everybody just, everybody once again missed the mark and didn't understand that, hey, he's he's legit going through something. His his mental health is 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 at its peak now because he just tried to take his life. But here we are over here and wondering why he's not making millions of dollars and satisfying. You know our desires, but really we should be focusing on him and his mental health. And nobody did. So I know I know that faith is a major part of your life now. Mm-hmm. When did that happen for you? Was it after the suicide attempt? Um, I, I always grew. I grew up Baptist, um, but but I could never uh, I could never get with the whole. Baptist movement, you know, I I never understood why I needed to go to church in a two-piece suit and why I needed to, you know, look good to to be in church, you know, because really the most high guy, he he deals with our heart. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a one-on-one relationship. He could care how I look on the outside, you know. And um it didn't, yeah, it didn't he he really didn't come a factor into my life until I left out of New Jersey and moved to California. And that was in 2010. So I made the decision to book a one way and, and, and go meet my now wife for 10 years, you know, on a one way. And, and I never, I never looked back. That's incredible. So, so how have you built your support system now? Like, so you, you went through all this and you were describing, you know, not having people, not having people having your back. So how, how has your support system come, come about now? I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you've got your wife and now, you know, for 10 years, but how did you kind of overcome that to get that support? Um, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, being 37, I'm still uh, building that, that team. You know, my, 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 my foundation is my wife. You know, my foundation is is my faith. My 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 faith is 
is just so strong that I know that whatever I pray for, I, I believe in that prayer and I know it's going to happen. But to have, you know, others, because sometimes, you know, it's it's good to talk to people outside of, you know, who, who you see every day just to get a different per perspective. But I feel as if my the wall that I have up is that, you know, um, I still have those who would rather praise me, the athlete, than appreciate me, James Townsend. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that that there, when people praise me, the athlete, it it's weird to me. It feels weird to me because I, I don't want to be praised at all. You know, praising praising me didn't get me nowhere in my old life. So so that's why I I, I live a life of just of humility to where as I could put others first and not make it about myself. That that I could train athletes and and, and open up a business and, and could care less about if I'm getting money or not, because that's not why I do it. You know, I I, I do it because I want to see the best in others. I really want to be a blessing to others because it's not me at the end of the day. It's not about me. But when 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 people praise me the athlete and they just want to be around because I'm the athlete I'm skeptical of you now you know you you're, you're showing me that you don't want to be in my life because of James Townsend you want to be in my life because of James Townsend the athlete so now I'm starting to see the the, the difference of the two mm -hmm. you know? so you start making a transition into coaching um, and I believe you, when you got to California, you started coaching at a UFC gym. Yeah. 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 UFC fighters and boxing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you get into that from football? Was that an, an easy transition for you? Yeah. Yeah. I always had a, a background in boxing. Um, I just, I just love working out. Um, I also love combat. Um, not that like I go out there looking for fights, but <laughs> it just, it, it just boxing was, was something that, um, I took to because I have I had an uncle that was a black belt in Taekwondo. And so when I was younger as well, not just playing football, but I would always work out with him and and do boxing and jujitsu and taekwondo with him. You know, I'm a I'm a big Kung Fu fan. You know, I love Bruce Lee. I don't, I don't know who who don't love Bruce Lee. You know, I, I grew up watching his videos and and all Kung Fu videos from Jet Lee to Jackie Chan to you know, Michael John White, I just love action fight movies, right? So, so that was easy for me to, to, to make that transition over to that because then nobody knew me. You know, nobody knew me, but, but for somehow it was like, it was like the most high God allowed, you know, the, the, the aura or the talent of me to be, to be noticed. You know, even even me coming over into boxing and then you know, um, and selling as a as a coach in that, then people will always look at me and be like, "Is you play football or something? Cause you don't have a body of a boxer." Like, and you know, I'm like, "Yeah." Then they would go ahead and you know, search my name and go to Google, and then we'll end up being on a conversation of me as a football player. And I used to try to hide from that for so long because I, I felt like like that life was like a, a drug of mine and, and, and I don't, I didn't want to talk about it. 
And it was like, so, so I, I made a point in my life to where I just wanted to, you know, cross it out and, and put that on a back shelf and, and not allow that to be, you know, a stigma in my life anymore. So you leave, you leave the UFC gym because someone tells you about CrossFit and you kind of fell in yeah. love. And initially you were really an athlete. Like you were a player in the grid league. You played for the LA Reign. Um, and you were the training partner of Lindsay Valenzuela. Right. Right. Yeah. So like that's OG CrossFit right there. OG, right. Yeah. Started off at Dogtown. Was training with uh, Lindsay. Uh, Ruth Harrell was there. You know, Becca Voigt would come down all the time. Um, Val Vobro. That, that, that's, I, I, I joined Dogtown right when um, 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 Dusty had had uh, Sam, Lindsay, and Val on the um, podium that year in 2013. Wow. So, so, you know, I had, I, I, I came right into it and, and, you know, was learning from all the vets, all the elites, you know, Kenny Leverage and then Noah came that year in 2014. So it, it was, it was huge. When the grid league, there's a lot of specialization, right? And you're so strong. Did that fit your skill set more than straight CrossFit? Yeah. 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 It was, um, every barbell, anything, you know, athletically, if they needed me to jump up and do legless rope climbs or burpee, um, burpee to, to a target, which was the rings, you know, I was, I, I was fast in, in that. So I was, you know, a specialist in multiple movements, but mainly, you know, if they needed me to go touch and go on 345 power cleans at the end for five, you know, I would be that guy, you know? James, you, you say that with such humility. <laughs> So are, are you sad grid league isn't around anymore? No, nah, man. No, nah, I, I, I think, I think they were more along the lines of starting that business to stick it to CrossFit. It wasn't, it wasn't really well ran, you know, it could have been cool, but, but then again, it was just, it was too hard on the body, you know, and, and it, yeah, it, it just wasn't ran well, it just wasn't ran well. So how did you get into elite coaching with CrossFit athletes? Um, you know, w one thing I learned about myself as an athlete is that, is that I'm a student of the game. You know, I, I, I study athletes. Um, the Most High God blessed me with the ability to be able to see athletes, see, see, see people talent, see who has it and see who needs work, right? And, um, and so I was able to be able to not only just work with elite athletes, but also, you know, everyday gym goers. It's, you know, like I said, you know, it's, I really have a passion for helping others, you know, and, and it's nothing greater than me, you know, seeing somebody um, that could barely do an air squat, but I could get them past, you know, um, their hip crease on an air squat within five minutes because of the time, the care, the love, and the fun that I'm showing in those five minutes and the attention that I'm showing that athlete in those five minutes to be able to get lower into their air squats with proper proper technique. And, and, you know, like I said, for me to be a student of the game, you know, I look at how everybody else is being coached and how they should be 
how they should be coached. And, and I make sure that, that I'm just doing just that, 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 that I'm giving the athletes, you know, more than, 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 than what they need. You know, I'm going above and beyond because, you know, every person deserves that, you know, especially when it comes to this business, because we all know the, the, um, the background that CrossFit has. We all know the, the, the bad information that comes with CrossFit. Oh, your shoulders, you're going to blow your knee out. You're going to blow your back out. You know, lifting fast is, is you know, this is Olympic weightlifting is a elite movement. So you shouldn't be doing it fast. It's not, but no, it's, it's, you're forgetting that it's functional first. Not only will CrossFit make, make your functional movements good, but it'll make your functional movements good on the outside. You know, when, when you got little kids like my son, you're picking them up the right way and not bending over, you know, it, it makes it makes you have more energy. It makes your body feels better, your joints, your knees, you know, what, what we old people like to, like, like to say, go first, our knees, <laughs> you know, your back and everything. And it's just fun, man. It just, you know, it got it got really fun for me when my, my oldest daughter started doing it and I started focusing on her. And so that keeps me sharp as a coach because if I went, because with kids, you need, they, they need um, strict supervision because they could get hurt, right? Because all, all kids are different. You know, all, all kids move different. You know, their coordination are different. Some kids have it, some kids don't, right? But they could, they could all get that same amount of attention, right? So, so when I'm working with my kids, or, 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 or coaching other kids, I'm dialed in with them. I'm making sure that they're doing everything right, moving right, right, with proper technique. That keeps me sharp. So when I go ahead and coach elite athletes or my classes, I'm doing that same thing. So, so it rolls over right into, into who I am as a coach. And, you know, me being a father, you know, I, 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 I give all the credit to that and why I'm the coach that I am. So those are some of my favorite videos to watch. Um, are the ones I think I've seen more re most recently are so with you and um, Freya. Is that Freya. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so do you have three kids then? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Three, three of my wife and then and then my oldest daughter. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So in your Instagram, I saw that your one daughter was getting ready for a gymnastics meet. So here you are an elite athlete. You are now a coach of elite athletes. What is it like to be just dad at a gymnastics meet? Oh my God. Like nerve wracking, you know, yeah. cause you know, as a, as a parent, you, you want to protect your child, right? You want to, you want to do it for them because you trust them. But then, but then again, as a parent, there's, you know, that, that trust is kind of shaken because you, you, you see them growing up and you see them fall and you see them make little mistakes and anything, but it's like, can you fully trust them when they're doing something alone that, that, that doesn't entail you being a part of it to where you have to sit in the stands and watch It's very nerve wracking. Right. I mean, like, like when, when, when I'm recording her doing her on her beam, oh man, the beam, I'm just like, holding my breath the whole time, <laughs> you know, but, but it's, it's, it's relaxing, even though it's nerve wracking for me, but then it's also relaxing because it reminds me that I'm constantly telling my girls, strong girl, strong world. 
empower yourself. Be brave. Like, I believe in you, but ultimately, it's you that need to believe in yourself. You know what you need to do. You, you, you're, you're out there. This, it's just fun. Just have fun. But when it's time to turn it on, turn it on. And Princess P, she could just, she could just turn it on, you know. And and it's like, you know. And I and when the meets are over, and I now I just sit back and think about it, like, why why was I nervous? Like, do I not trust her? You know. But it, it's still, it's just, it's just that parent in me that that just wants wants my child to succeed. Yeah, I find it more difficult as a parent watching your kids compete than competing yourself because of that yep. energy. And it's like, yep. <laughs> I always say this, like, it doesn't matter to me what the outcome is, but I can't hardly watch because I'm yes. just, I have no control, right? Yes. So that's why yes. I think it's so hard. <laughs> so yeah. when, when we talked in Texas, you gave me a quote that, that blew me away, right? It is, if I can teach you to be brave in the gym, it will prepare you to be brave outside the gym. And the name of your gym is the brave one. Right. And what was cool about our conversation is you're so about mindset, right? And I think with the struggles you went through with your career and your pro career, that mindset has become so important to you that, and it's so vital to today's athletes. How do you instill that in your athletes? Um, you know, I, I, I bring along the the athlete in me, what, what it takes to be an athlete, what it takes to be an elite athlete. It just doesn't take talent to be an elite athlete. You could be an elite athlete with all the talent, but if you ain't got it mentally, you, you, you ain't no use to that sport, you're no use to your team. You know, you get rattled all the time, you get shaken. You know, we we see those type of players, right? We we see those players to where they say LeBron doesn't have the the – the, the clutch gene, or he's not like Kobe and and, and, and Jordan or, or Tom Brady. You know, you you can know which athletes are rattled, right? And that just lets me know as an athlete that you're only training the physical and not training your mental. Right? If, if you could train your mental, which you need to do every day in the gym when you're in the gym and you're training physically. We all know what that pain feels like when we're doing a five rounder, right? And you get to that, you finish that third round and you get ready to start that fourth. And it's like, oh my God, right? You're like, you're like oh my, here, here is the workout. And I tell my athletes all the time, when you're doing a five rounder, the workout don't start until you get to the fourth. So when you feel that pain, you're either going to go right or you're going to go left. Wherever the pain is coming from, wherever the the, uh, the discomfort is coming from, what are you going to do? You're either going to lay down or you're going to get down. Right? You're either going to go right, block out the pain, finish the workout the best that you can, and then you can fall out after the workout, or you want to sit there, stare at the bar, you know, stretch your back, you know, try to focus on the pain, you know, you're breathing heavy, you're, you're instead of you know, cycling through the barbell for 10 reps, you're, you're you're dropping it every two to three. That's just making you more tired. Right there, you're giving up on yourself. You're giving up on all the hard work that you're putting in just because of one little discomfort. Do you right? have a camera so, at my gym or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I even tell my, my everyday gym um, gym members, like, if you, you got to look at your past successes. If you pushed yourself on grace 
to have a, a, a faster time. Then the next day, that workout, you, you, you should be able to push on that next workout. How can you do that? Remember what you were doing. Remember how you pushed yourself on grace. This next workout is no different. You know, and then and you always remember your past successes. You don't just say, all right, you know, I hit a PR on grace and then I go to this workout. Oh man, I can't do it. It's like, you know, there are constant battles. You know, there are battles. But on, along your journey on the road, are you gonna stay in the detour? Are you gonna uh, are you gonna allow that that roadblock to stay there, or, or or are you gonna find a way to get around that roadblock to get back onto your journey? Right? It's 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 you have to make that decision right then and there. And I tell my athletes, you know, I put them in in scenarios to where I'm always repeating stuff. Breathe, stay calm. When 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 that discomfort come on, you're breathing heavy, that panic breathing. Take a deep breath. You know, know how to know how to stop right before redlining. You know when you'll get ready to redline. You, we all know that. It's okay to stop right there, take a deep breath. That'll allow, that'll allow more air to get into your lungs. Five seconds, hear that countdown, right back onto the barbell. Right? Every time you feel a discomfort when you're rowing or, or you're on a bike, breathe deep breath every five cows when you gotta row um, 50 calories, right? Deep breath, not panic breathe, not panic because once you panic breathe, then all hell is just gonna break loose. Yeah, <laughs> and that heart rate get up, right? Right. Because yeah. and the thing about it is, you know, most people we that that discomfort of that panic breathing, we're we're causing that ourselves because we don't know how to bring our heart rate back down. Nobody is teaching how to bring the heart rate back down. When you're doing a work to rest ratio, you don't just do the work. And then rest because you're happy that you're done doing the work and then you hop back on it. No, the work still continues because in that rest, you got to bring that heart rate down. If you're doing a, 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 a one minute on, one minute off, and your heart rate is at 165 at the end of that one minute, and then you start the next minute at 165, you're done because <laughs> you didn't focus on bringing that heart rate back down. Yeah. Right. So, so, so it's those mindset things to where, to where I allow my athletes to, to remember, because I'm constantly, constantly, constantly repeating myself. So when they out there on a competition floor and they feel that discomfort, they'll hear my voice. You know, even if I am yelling, but they'll hear it, they'll remember it. Right. So as you talk, it's, it's obvious that you're an amazing coach, right? And you have a proof of concept that worked. You had a 17-year-old finish seventh at the games last year um, due in part to your coaching, right? That relationship has ended, and now you're moving forward. You're pivoting to, to new things. Are you seeing people wanting to be a part of what you have because of that proof of concept? Absolutely. Um I firmly believe it's 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 how I'm I'm delivering the message, and and I just I, I just let my heart show into in, my coaching and to the words and mainly in my actions. You know when um when there's people who I don't coach reach out to me and they ask me how can I get better to this, I respond right back to them really quick. You know I let them know hey you could do this you could do that this is how you get better in your snatch boom there you go and then they'll 
hit me back either a day or two later and be like, man, that worked. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, yes, I'm a coach of individual athletes and athletes that come to my gym, but mainly I'm a coach of the people. You know, if anybody needs any advice on how to get better anywhere or mentally and anything, I tell them, reach out to me. Like, I, I don't hold myself higher than nobody. You know, it's, you know, I also tell my athletes, when you start getting followers and people start commenting on your stuff, comment back. Don't, don't, I, it gets under my skin when athletes, when, when their fans comment to them and they don't comment back. I don't care if you got 3 million, 4 million, like, comment back to them. Let them know that, you know, just, they, they adore you. They look up to you, you know, they God put you in this position for a reason. You know, he blessed you to be in this position. So, so you know, um, they come to me for mainly, you know, the mindset. Because I, I always say CrossFit is 80% mental, 20% physical. You know, the, the, the elites in this game, they, some of them have it down mentally. The ones that won the game multiple, multiple times, they have it down mentally because they took the time out to go ahead and train mentally and, and not just train physically, they train their mental side, right? So, so if you could, if you could get somewhat a hold of your mental side and be able to push, you're going to be a semis finals athlete. You're going to be a games competitor. So I, I think you had to be careful saying coach of the people, because Charlie probably is not going to give you a rest for the next Correct. few weeks. That's cool. <laughs> Charlie can hit me up for anything. You can see him. You see a lot of videos of cleans, poor front racks, all coming your way. Hey, send them. And I, I mean that, send them. He's going to need your help the next three weeks for sure uh, during the Open. Next 10 years. What are you talking about, three weeks? <laughs> well, I want to finish with some fun stuff um, about how strong you are. And I just want to let you know, Amy has a parent-teacher conference in like three minutes. So she may disappear. Uh, it's nothing to you. but it's nothing personal. To... I just have to bounce and do my job. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Um, so we talked in Texas about the 400-pound power clean yeah. um, and how you don't warm up and you make big jumps. Charlie thinks now that's how he has to do it. Yeah. Um, and we're, and we're just waiting for the ER call saying yeah, that he doesn't have the technique down yet or the mobility. <laughs> <laughs> he says, if James can do it, I can do it. It's all details. <laughs> so you, you found Olympic lifting while playing football, right? Like that's mm -hmm. in strength and conditioning. And it's obvious that you have a love for that, that style of lifting. Um, on your CrossFit page, you have numbers, but I do not think that those numbers are accurate. I think they're higher than what are there. Oh, you have yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you have like a snatch of three thirty. I think it's higher than that now. Yeah. Um, I you had a deadlift of six fifty. That's higher. Yeah, six eighty three. <laughs> What's the snatch? My snatch it's only about five pounds. Power snatch three thirty five. Power power snatch. You yeah. said just. Yeah. Um, clean and jerk, uh, 407. Yeah, and I, that's my best in competition. Yeah. Yeah. With the jerk. Okay. Yeah. I've seen a number flo floated out there other than that. That's way higher. Oh, my, my power clean. Yeah. 425. Yeah. 
Oh, back squat 562. Yep. And your 400 meter on top of all that, 48 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's stupid, man. That's all out sprinting too. That's 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 one 400 meter. You, you ain't going to get me to do two, three. <laughs> that's, See, that's, that's why I like hamstrings are tight, sore. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you lift all that shot, weight and it. yet yeah, go ahead, Charlie. Sorry. No, I'm saying that's what you get. You get one on from me, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie's the guy that does Murph, where he splint, sprints the first mile, gets about, I don't know, 20 push-ups in, and he's like, well, I went out too fast. I just want to point out that one of these that guys was- is an elite athlete, and the other is not. <laughs> <laughs> White. James will get there one day. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so Charlie and I have been trying to wiggle our way into the Iowa camp that you and Dex uh, have going on. We hear that that is like the most fun weekend bro trip out there. Um, Is that now part of your support group? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we, the guys, the guys came on and and they uh, they got into um, they got into my mission. You know, they 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 respect my faith. You know, and 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 they not just my faith, but but they they respect how I want to better the community as a whole. Um, and then you know, we also wanted we also wanted our voices to be heard. You know. Being, being that, you know, we are um, men of color and everything. And then with, with stuff that was going around with Greg Glassman during that year of 2020, you know, we, we wanted our faces to be seen, our voices to be heard. And we wanted, we wanted a spot in the sport. And, and we, we knew that, you know, the, the sports, the sport, of CrossFit itself wasn't going to give that. We had to, we had to make the action ourselves. So, um, like I said, my, my thing is being a coach of the people and, and giving them the right information, not just elites, but novice and immediate. And then, you know, the, the RX or, or elite athletes of how to properly approach going into a gym, how to properly approach you know, picking the right gym with the right coaches or owners or, or whatever they're programming, how to also approach um, going along the journey of looking to compete. Because I feel as if a lot of them, a lot of um, other camps out there don't give out the information, man. I, I, I just feel as if a lot of them just looking to getting the money and then, and then giving the information. Like I said, I could care less about the money. I want you to be able to have enough information that is good for you, good for your soul, good for your body, because you feel good, you move good. Move good, you lift good, lift good, you perform good, right? And if you have the right amount of information to be this athlete that you want to be, and when you take that back, you can start questioning a lot of things that was told to you, even in your gym, your coaches, the programming, right? Um, um, These these other, you know, uh, remote programmers that's out there, if... You know, that's that even falls behind the wayside, you know, remote program. You know, when you come on the TBO training, you don't just get the remote program and, and, and the right things to attack. 
but you get me. You get me anything, you know, I'll tell them, hey, send me your gymnastics and send me your all your weightlifting that you have to do. And I'll go ahead and break it down in coaching. And then I'm constantly in contact with them, letting, asking them, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel good. How did you feel mentally on this workout? And then we get to talking, right? Or, or this lift, or make sure your knuckles is down when you clean or your snatch and make sure you turn your elbows out. Like, like remote programming should be like that. You know, and a lot of, and that goes a lot of, a long way for a lot of people. You yeah. know, and, and at camp is just that. It's about guys really dialing in, showing their range as a coach. You know, it's not just, it's, it's, it's not just my philosophy. Dex has his own philosophy. Quan has his own philosophy. Uh, Xander, JP, everybody has their own philosophy and everybody checks their ego at the door. And we all come together and, and we let, you know, it's, it's not just about, physical but we also talk about the mental side as well and and people really enjoy it man they really enjoy it so i got two two questions for you to finish up and the first one is how did you and dex become friends it was um i you know what it's we know it's funny i can remember in 2014 when i got into crossfit and in 2015 you know how you just you know you have the weekend um, and, and it always fell around the Memorial Day weekend. And you have the weekend and you'll watch, you'll watch back uh, all the regional videos. Yeah. And it was always this guy that, that, that had the beard. And it was either him, it was him and... Uh, Jared Stevens. Jared Stevens, right. Yeah. yeah, 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 that had the beard. So, so those two guys stuck out to me. And then, um, like I said, in 2020, once COVID hit, this uh, group chat started and it was uh, like me, Chandler, um, Quan, and then Dex and all was on it. And I was like, oh man, you're, you're that guy with the with the beard. It was the long beard that's tied in and everything. And and uh, you you compete with your wife. And he's like, yeah, man, that's me. And he was like, yeah, I've always been a fan of yours. But I was like, man, I've been a fan of yours too. And you know, we, we just hit it off like that. Yeah, and he looks totally different without the beard. Yep. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the last question I have, and, th- and this could get complex because I saw your diet on, on something I researched mm-hmm. and I see your abs and I've eaten those same foods and my abs are nowhere near what you have <laughs> chips, chips, ahoy oatmeal. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what candy uh-huh. McDonald's. How, how, What's the magic know, man, pill? Just, uh, uh, God-given genetics. <laughs> but I got to clean that up, though. I gotta, I'm got i getting up there in age. I'll be 38 this year. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, I always say that. But then again, it's like it's like when I do, you know, literally, it'll be a week or two, and I'm fiending for Chips Ahoy or, or, or Oreos. It's like when, and when they're not in the house, I literally, like, go through my, my uh, pantry um, – closet and the fridge and I'm and I'll be like yo we don't have no food to eat but we have food I mean I'm just like no it's not it's not what I want it's not what just it, it it's tough man it, it's tough to to uh change it up but but I know I need to do it you know for my health health wise and health reasons so well James I you know I'm so glad we met um you're yeah, one man. of my favorite people now um I love your stories 
Um, and I think that there's such an inspiration for others. And I think what you're trying to do is amazing. Um, and helping others. I, I love that caring heart that you have. And so I'm so glad you joined us and hopefully we'll have you back uh, in the future. Yeah. Thank you, man. I humbly appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale fitness and friends podcast. Remember you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.